You're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. We're so thankful that you have joined us today as we continue the conversation in the mud about Generation Z. I'm joined by James Ross, lead pastor here at Church on Bay Shore. How's it going, man? It is going well. What a great Sunday we had this past week. Send Sunday, Church. yes. What an, yeah. yeah, it's so exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like exciting and it's like, you know, you like you're seeing people like take the step of faith. And they're also like some of them, the ones I know, like you like you're kind of sad because they're yeah. leaving, but also like, but that's just what it's supposed to be like. Yeah, you know, it's like beautiful. The sending culture of the church, that's it's beautiful. Kingdom first, man. Yeah, that's it's right. Awesome. So we are continuing to pray for Anchor Church as they get ready to launch. And then this coming Sunday, we have another Send Sunday as we have Graduate Sunday, which is also like we are sending uh, these students out into the world. And yes. uh, as a church, that's we want to have a Send culture. Uh, and we are sending them out to uh, a lot of different pursuits. And yeah. what a great so thing. So I have no idea who's who's walking the stage, you know, this Sunday graduating. So this is not said with anybody in mind, but I, I once uh, saw a youth pastor that said, I love graduation Sunday because I get to meet some of the students who I've been allegedly their youth pastor for the past seven years for the first time. <laughs> I met him for the first time. And that will probably be true for Alec because he's new I, here. Well, that too. Yeah. I, I don't think that happens as much, but I know like whenever we started going to church my senior year and there were like, I went to youth group like every Wednesday, every Sunday that year. And then like we did grad Sunday and was like, that kid goes to our church. <laughs> <You know>? like. <laughs> <laughs> I remember our grad Sunday at church growing up and there was, we had a fairly large class for the, our size church. And, uh, we just, we did the whole service and I, that was the first time I like preached, and oh, I, but I also man. basically just read, <laughs> read a book. I don't even remember what but I was like. I just read this book and I'm just going to read that. Cause I had no oh, clue what man. to do. Man. But and some preachers still follow that. That's what they model. do. Yeah, they just pretend like it's their book. Yes, They're like, yes. I, I, and they tell it as it gets their yeah. own story. But, but I do love that. We call it part of send yeah. Sunday. Very clear enunciation by Justin there. Not, not send Sunday. Sunday. That's but. every other Sunday, but uh, <laughs> send Sunday because you know, we're not recognizing they graduate. I mean, Sorry, but that's not really even that's like bare minimum. Right. But like we're saying, hey, God is sending you somewhere to be on mission. And right. that's gonna be hard, particularly for Generation Z, the ones graduating now. Absolutely, because they're facing a very different world yes, than they are. we faced. And it's our our responsibility as as leaders, as generations before, to to lead them well. And that's why we're doing this series is uh, we want to lead the next generation well. One of our values at Church on Bayshore is the priority of every generation is the next generation. And so we always wanna be looking at the generation coming after us and part of looking at the generation coming after us is not just saying, hey, be like us. It's actually saying, hey, this is the world you're in. Yeah. This is your culture. And we want to equip you to engage your culture. So that's why we're talking about uh, some of the cultural issues and some of the, the obstacles that are going to face Generation Z. We've talked about living in a post-Christian world. Uh, last week, we talked about uh, diversity and really some of the beauty in diversity. And today, we're going to be talking about the flip side of that coin and what can be some of the negatives of diversity. And as I even have to say that, you may think, well, what could that possibly be? So how can <laughs> diversity be bad? Yeah, that's 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 
I th- so so let's talk about when you don't first. think like me and do exactly what I think you should and be like me. That's how diversity can be bad. Well, okay. yeah, let, let's talk first. Like, so diversity has been something that is ingrained in us. Probably if you started going to elementary school in the late eighties, you know, mid, mid to late eighties, I mean, diversity, diversity, diversity. And it was really in a response to uh, segregation. And, and it took that long to really get that kind of uh, messaging in, a, in our schools and our secular school system. And again, there's a lot of good in that. Um, however, uh, when it's elevated to an unhealthy position, uh, it does become bad. So, so Al Mohler talks about uh, in one of his episodes of the briefing how discrimination sounds like a bad word, but it's actually not a bad word. It's I use discrimination on who watches my children in my home. Right. I discriminate on where I put my money. You know, so mm-hmm. discrimination itself is not a bad thing, but we have associated that so closely with discriminating against people because of their race, specifically mm-hmm. uh, that we see it as solely a bad thing. So now we have this generation of, of, of people who diversity inclusion uh, is elevated to a position above, I would say, God, um, above what is right. And so now if you don't include everyone and anyone for anything, it's viewed as bad. Now we, we still have limits to that. Um, but those limits continue to be pushed against and stretched. And so that's how it becomes a bad thing when when not discriminating, when valuing diversity is actually getting in the way of what is good for us, good for society, and ultimately uh, what God says is right. Right. And as you said before, you know, diversity, inclusion fundamentally is good. And we talk about race specifically, diversity, inclusion, good. I think of uh, there's been a large push uh, in recent years, and this is just a small example of, of inclusion uh, for uh, families who have, have kids uh, with special needs. Yeah, and that is good. great. That mm-hmm. is beautiful. We should pursue that. I think uh, really most of the, 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 the difficulty Gen Z is going to face when it comes to inclusion uh, is inclusion of of belief, uh, you have to accept and affirm every form of belief, and then specifically, yeah. it's going to be uh, around sexuality. Yeah, I mean, we would be totally avoiding uh, an issue facing Gen Z if we didn't say, and this is perhaps maybe one of the most challenging things, if not the most challenging thing that Gen Z believers are going to face is LGBTQ inclusion and acceptance of those who identify as LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely... Right. And as we talk about this, it'll be clear when we say um, acceptance, we're not talking about... Valuing them as a person, yeah, yeah. loving them. Yeah. Uh, we, it, it is wrong. We, it, it, people, regardless of sexuality, should not be discriminated against uh, in terms of you know treated unfairly. See, but 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 here but, we but, go. but but no, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. but we have to determine define what right, what they, right. we, we are saying as Christians. We should no one should be hurt or uh, because of their sexuality, but. Yeah, so we're getting into terms already, and that's how complicated yeah, the yeah. situation and I wasn't is. Saying that, no, to argue not. with you. I was saying like you're already saying things that now people debate on what that exactly, means. exactly. Yeah. And people are like, well, we're right. but yeah, there should not be discrimination in terms of opportunity, et cetera. But what does that mean? And that's where culture is like 
ah, you know, and it's where do we go from there? So to be clear, uh, there we are not talking about uh, acceptance as affirmation. Okay, so right. we gotta be yeah, really yeah. clear in those terms. So uh, let's talk about this a little bit more because you are you're right. This this what we just that that last minute was like that's where culture is. Like it's so hard to even have a conversation about yeah. this because people are like, well, well, you, what do you mean affirm? What do you mean accept? Like, yeah. this. So let's talk about. Yeah. It. So well, well, let's kind of go over history, and I, and I'm just giving a, a brief history. Now we need to understand first and foremost that this issue has existed since people have existed. So right. you know, go back. As far as history goes, and this has been homosexuality has been there, um, probably not gender confusion as much as it is today, but but homosexuality specifically has been there. So, but but let's talk about our struggle, you know, because it's it's more unique to our situation uh, in this time. I mean, homosexuality was something that was. Um, you know, viewed ultimately as as bad and biologically wrong, really up until probably the sexual revolution of the 60s and 70s. And even then, it's still viewed as, um, you know, probably not good for society. And by and large, the AIDS epidemic, uh, the HIV epidemic kind of doubled, caused the culture to double down on that feeling that, oh, here's the consequences, you know, of, of this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um but there was, and especially in the cities and more, for lack of a better phrase, the liberal areas, more of an acceptance of that lifestyle, mm-hmm. uh, ultimately all the way pushing us until the acceptance of gay marriage, you know, so not that it was just a sexual preference, but that it was a, a choice of life and partnership. And the message at that time was, hey, just let us be married. We're, you know, that let us have the equal opportunity to be married. That was debated. But now, now it has been since then a radical shift towards if you don't affirm this, mm-hmm. then you are a bigot. You are uh, morally wrong for mm-hmm. not affirming this as how it should be. And it's not just people choosing to be married. It's, it's, the biology of gender, the biology of, you know, sex, it's, it's that cue, you know, of, of, of the fluidity, fluidity of, of yep. it. So, so, and, and I think it's reflective. I think this all reflects, yes, our laws and our culture, or excuse me, our, our national picture is shaped by our people, but I think our generation is also being shaped by this. And I know you have some, some statistics. Yeah. I that. think, you know, it's, it's important to understand there has been such a, a, fast shift in culture on this, uh, specifically in the last, I would say, 15 to 20 years. Uh, so if you look back statistically, and this is a study done, and it says that you know, 2% of, of baby boomers uh, would identify as LGBTQ. Uh, so let's take it the next generation, Generation X, 3.8%. Gen, uh, excuse me, millennials, uh, one in 10, about nine, 9.1%. But then you get to Generation Z and you have almost uh, 15.9, well, 15.9% identifying as LGBTQ. And so we have to ask why the increase in numbers, and I think there's several factors. One is a growing uh, acceptance, but also there is, it's a, it's a, a worldview shift of of gender uh, of of sexuality as being fluid. Yeah, uh, it is interesting to note that in that, um, all more than half of the of Gen Z uh, 
identifying as LGBTQ or identifying as bisexual, which means they're, they're seeing their sexuality as fluid as I can be. And I think ultimately, I think yeah. fundamentally, this is the the root of this is uh, we, we are now, we are definitely in this it's the product of this individualistic culture where it's a you be you and you do and you can you can whatever you want to do is yeah. okay. And I think, you know, even in this, another statistic is this that one one third of teenagers, the same research study indicated that gender is how a person feels inside and not the birth of sex. And seven out of ten believe it's acceptable to be born one gender and feel like another. So mm-hmm. that is those are some pretty dramatic shifts that we have to recognize exist in culture. Yeah. So so first of all, like this shouldn't scare us. Right. I think I think the the overreaction is society's all gonna die out if we don't teach the you know truth here. And 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 I don't know, again, I do voices that I don't know where they come <laughs> from, but you know, okay. I'm not scared of that because I believe God's word to be mm-hmm, true. Right. And I believe in what we've seen about science. The reality is just we're not going to get there. It is people are biologically wired Mm -hmm. to be in heterosexual relationships. For the most part, there are some, you know, problems with people's biology and their legitimate, you know, confusion there, but society isn't going to die out because of this. Further evidence to that is that of the 15%, which I think that's a liberal, liberal number because I've heard lower numbers than that. But over right. half of them are really just people saying, we don't want you to put a label yeah, on Yeah, don't us. define me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and millennials are even kind of like that. I would say that's probably true of them in mm-hmm. that percentage. And then Gen Z especially are like, you ain't putting a baby in a corner. You know, yeah. like, don't <laughs> do that. So I'm looking, I was waiting for a dirty yeah. dancing song. Oh, yeah, there, it is. But. Yeah. Now I've heard the time of my life. That's, wow. that's the dirty dancing wow. song. Wow. Okay. All right. I don't know it. So I was just listening I had the soundtrack. to you and your secular music. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Shout out to the Anyway, so like, so I, I, I think that there's, there's so much to be seen there in that really it, it's this, I want the freedom to, to define my future, not to be bound by what anyone says I have to do. And that is increasingly being accepted, but I would say pushed even in a lot of government higher education and now making its way down to high school and middle school. And I think it's, uh, it's not just that it's also, and you can't tell me that I'm wrong. Yeah. And if you do tell me that I'm wrong, or if you tell me that this is not right, then you are wrong. Right. And, and it's really where, um, tolerance of diversity becomes intolerance because I think we're going to see this increase uh, for Generation Z. And really it's, I don't, I don't know that it's really an issue that's going to go away uh, in our culture is that um, there, you know, this pressure to affirm all things. Mm -hmm. uh, And, and I think that's a challenge for all generations. That's going to be uh, heightened for Generation Z is that pressure to, to affirm, Mm -hmm. uh, and and we have to equip i mean we have to equip our generation for this as well but yeah. specifically for generation z to be in a place where they can uh know the truth and right. stand on the truth and be confident in that and be okay like ultimately 
they're going to have to be okay being labeled something. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's going to be so hard. Yeah, it is. So, you know, when I think about this, so I think about like my advice to Gen Z, and then I think about my advice to the generations uh, above uh, Gen Z, you know, not, I don't mean like we're more important than Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to educate them on what the Bible says and the truth of this issue and the history of this issue and how we got where we are. And then we need to equip them to have conversations uh, about this and how to, how to love people. But then the third thing is I would say support them because Gen Z is going to be more and more in situations where they lose friendships or they lose family mm-hmm. if they maintain a biblical conviction about this issue. I mean, I have been in conversations already in years with people who have a family member who identifies mm-hmm. as this way, and they're being told that if not, not if they don't love them or cut them off, but that if they don't say it's okay, if they don't affirm that family member's choice, they're going to be cut off. Mm -hmm. So it has shifted and is shifting to, if you maintain a biblical conviction on this issue, even if you're respectful about it, you're going to be labeled as a bigot and you are going to be pushed aside. And we're going to have to walk with people who might lose family Mm -hmm. and friends because they can't say, yes, I think this is right. And that's hard. And <laughs> you that know, is it sounds like an understatement, but but it is. It's so incredibly hard. And I think you're hitting on something that uh, that is really maybe the root of why this issue is so hard. It's because all of us, I, there's probably not a person that when you talk about this specific issue, that you don't have someone yeah. in mind that you know, or someone that, you, and, and not just that you know, but that you care for, that you love, or if, and if not, then you know, then you have a someone you love who loves, so, like, who cares about a family member, a friend. And I think specifically for Gen Z, like um, they are uh, in classes with these, with, with individuals, with the, right, you know, going mm-hmm. through this. And, they see that they're nice people and they yeah, in yeah. general want to do the right thing. And, and yeah. so it is so hard. And I think what we have to do, and this is for my own self, and this is for all of all believers mm-hmm. is that we have to, uh, yes, we all experience, you know, we walk with the Lord and we experience him and, you know, he, we experience in different ways, but ultimately our experience must be, uh, under the authority of of the yeah, word, yeah. and I think when we elevate our experience yeah. over the word, that's where it's going to be the hardest. Yeah. Well, you know, we, in, in the um, I listened to the Bible with my oldest son in the morning on our car rides to school, and we were listening to Romans chapter seven this morning. And in it, it's where Paul says basically he's gotten to the point where we're so free in Christ and we're not under the law, but then he says, "So is the law bad?" Hmm. You know, and and it's like, well sounds bad, you know, like, cause it's telling us things we shouldn't do and all this. And, and he's like, no, it's not bad. It shows us who we are. And I was telling Cameron, like, so if you're walking on a cliff and you learn about gravity, it's cause somebody's like, Hey, look, if you step off that cliff, you're going to die. Mm. You're not bad for telling them that you're loving, mm-hmm. but they're like, I just want to be free. And, and the reality is, you know, if we're trying to tell someone, Hey, this choice is, is, is harmful to you. Uh, potentially damning for you, 
Mm. We're not unloving, but we are perceived as unloving because, as you said, we live in a culture that elevates self, elevates self-expression above even God. Mm-hmm. And that's the culture we live in. Now, you know, if somebody doesn't believe in God, you know, we're, we're not saying, well, God says, God says. We're trying to say, we're trying to introduce them to the, right. the gospel, you right. know. But, but I think that it's just going to be very difficult. We're going to get cut. Gen Z is going to get cut off. Because they feel this way, right? Where previous generations can still find a lot of people. So, so to be clear, mm-hmm. there's still a vast majority of people that are heterosexual, but the majority of Gen Z think it's okay to be homosexual. Mm-hmm. And so, if you don't think that, you are in the minority, and therefore you could easily be persecuted. Because as we've talked about, minorities are very easily ostracized by culture, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Right. I think, you know, as we talk about Gen Z specifically, so we recognize it's going to be hard for Gen Z's who are, who are believers. Uh, and we'll talk about a little bit more of that in a second. I think if we talk about reaching Gen Z, yeah, uh, you know, I think this is a challenge as well because um, we we want oftentimes I think we default to wanting people to believe the all everything yeah. right away uh rather than introducing them to Jesus i think right. sometimes so introducing Jesus to gen z a non-believing gen, a, you know non-believing gen z it starts with Jesus you know yeah. and if we Jesus is who transforms us and you know instructs us and changes us and it doesn't necessarily have to begin with an, an apologetic about sexuality um because that is going to be a roadblock you know and it might maybe the conversation just start there but yeah. Jesus is ultimately the one who changes people who changes people's minds and leads them to the truth. And so it comes back to, hey, start with Jesus and and starting with uh in a conversation with with in Gen Z and reaching Gen Z sometimes is going to mean I read this in an article and I'm still you know thinking through it but sometimes it means a start starting with an apology for how you know Christians have that's you know like how the church in general has you know, put the emphasis on the wrong things, but ultimately it's Jesus. Like, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm still wrestling through whether or no, not I no, fully no. agree yeah, with yeah. that, you know, but I yeah. do, I think that necessarily is going to be increasingly because we are such an experiential culture that, you know, Hey, say, yeah, you're right. I'm sure you were hurt by this. I'm sure you were hurt by this, but can I show you who like Jesus is? Yeah. So Jeff Vanderstelt calls this gospel fluency, where we learn to speak the gospel and we learn to point to the gospel at every situation. And and the church has got to do that. I think what we can't do as, you know, generations above Generation Z is we can't be a part of the counter narrative to this. We need to be a part of the meta narrative. Hmm. So that means we, you know, so so Gen Z, like A, is going to bring this in. Because because any culture, any group is always susceptible to the sins of their culture and their um, generation and their misunderstanding. So, like, for example, I know a lot of probably boomers and above who legitimately are still kind of racist, you know, and mm-hmm. not necessarily like explicit racist, but there's implicit racism mm-hmm. in them where they don't view it the same and they don't value diversity. Then kind of like Gen X was like, well, we don't see color. And I'm like, that's not right. That's <laughs> not right. The right is there's color and God made it and there's diversity. They can't, they're, they're going to fully, even though they're coming along, they're going to full, never fully grasp that probably this side of heaven. And I think Gen Z 
even though they can be discipled and come along, they're still going to possibly wrestle with this for a long time. And so loving them graciously Mm -hmm. in that and pointing them to the scripture uh, is important. But also don't don't react. Yeah. You know, by being like, well, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, do you <laughs> that's remember? How, that's how you and I met. Right? Yeah, but wait, wait, not wait, because wait, wait, wait. <laughs> clarify, that clarify. So we, yeah, uh, I was funny. I was thinking about this story, like thinking through this episode, because so uh, James and I, uh, for those of you who don't know, were uh, both uh, pastors at different churches in another in Crestview, and at a meeting of pastors, we were talking about, you know, just other pastors uh, getting together, praying for each other, talking about, and literally a pastor said that, like we, we were talking about this issue. And yeah, like, I well, brought up, I was yeah. like, how do you guys deal with and this? And this yeah. guy said, well, all I do is say, God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And at that moment, we like cut eyes at each other. <laughs> and, and then we just music knew, like, we were like, <laughs> it's like, I've had time <laughs> it's like, of my life. And we, with, with that one look, we both knew, we were both saying, are you kidding me? Did yeah, he really yeah. just say that? Yeah. <laughs> just for clarity, he didn't cuss and we ended yeah, it Yeah, that was like, like the look, like, did he really just say that? Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, like, like be, the be- the answer is not the culture war. The answer right. is the gospel. Yeah, the answer and is the, the gospel. The, yeah. the answer is the gospel. And if somebody's identity, mm-hmm. and that's what yes. identity politics was, and mm-hmm. secular messaging is, 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 it's all about identity and if we're Christians who believe the Bible and we've experienced Jesus, mm-hmm. then we really believe that people's identity can be found in Christ. And, and that might still be a struggle for them all their life, but they will find who they are in Christ and God will begin to transform them. And that's where we've got to be pointing. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying avoid the issue. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying gospel fluency, gospel right. rhetoric, meta-narrative, not counter-narrative. And you hit on a great point is identity. And I think that's another part of this tension is that we, for Generation Z specifically, and I think for millennials as well, uh, we have seen an elevation of sexuality yes. to be identity. Yes. Yes. And people equate sexuality with their identity. And the answer to that is the gospel because the gospel says our identity is in Christ no matter what. And and so rather than seeing sexuality as a piece right now in culture, rather than as sexuality being a piece of, of who we are, people have elevated it to the identifying, like this is my identifying factor. And and the gospel says, so first, before anything, you are a child of God. And this is what that means for your identities in Christ. And I think equipping uh next generation in that identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. So as we talk about equipping mm-hmm. Gen Z uh, for this, you know, we've talked about how hard it's going to be. I think part of that gospel fluency is um, a, really a robust, I've read this terminology and I was like, oh, good, like I'm down with that, like how it, how it was worded, having a robust and full theology of sexuality mm-hmm. uh, f- and, and, and teaching that. And I think, you know, I was reflecting on like my own growing up in the church and basically the theology of sexuality was taught as, don't have sex before your marriage. Being gay is bad. That's it. Like that was literally like what it was taught. And, and it was kind of like, let's not have that conversation in church. It's uncomfortable. And it was really like, it was kind of this product of what's, you know, called in Christian circles, purity culture. Um, and the focus wasn't really still on the gospel and honoring God in this part of our lives. It was more on just don't do this, do this. And really it was much more law-based and, and so not, not that that was the case for everyone, but it's teaching and equipping generation Z uh, and really the whole church in, in a full view of right. sexuality yeah. and God's mm-hmm. design for sexuality, uh, really that it is uh, sexuality is, is a gift. Yeah. Uh, um, and that, 
what does it mean to honor God in these relationships, to honor him with, with our sexuality, to honor him uh, in his design for marriage and a man and a woman and family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to ultimately that all of that is submitting those things under our identity as, yeah. as children of God. That's good. And if you don't, if as a parent, and I think most of the people probably watching and listen to this are parents, you know, uh, Gen Z, honestly. Um, if you don't have these conversations with your children, then somebody else is going to. Is, yeah. We mm-hmm. already, I mean, I typically like, so what's happened with the birds and the bees conversation. Um, and just for clarity, I mean, we're talking about sexual procreation. Uh, that conversation <laughs> oh, is, they were one both of my older boys brought it up at seven years old, mm-hmm. like it, different situations brought it up. And I just answered their questions. So they stopped asking questions. Mm-hmm. The homosexuality issue has come up because of uh, things my children have been exposed to on television. Uh, and we don't even, you know, we're pretty strict there, but still it's, it's out there. Um, I talked about the movie Godmothered and how, you mm-hmm. know, it, it sent that message. I, a few weeks ago or months ago in, in, in our church service. Um, but also a kid in one of my kids' classes in elementary school saying mm-hmm. he's gay. Uh, so mm-hmm. we've had those conversations about how, look, we love people. We we treat people with respect, but here's why we don't believe that, you know, it is right, is best for them uh, and certainly not best for us. Um, and, you know, I just, I don't complicate it. Like talk about it and talk openly about it. And, you know, do I want to talk to my children about sex? Is it awkward for me? Yes. But it's going to be more awkward for me if they're learning from someone else Mm -hmm. and they form a view. Um, So I've got to get over that, you know, so. Absolutely. absolutely You know, if that's you as parents, we want our kids to talk to us about stuff. And this is probably one area that they would probably be the least likely to share, you know, just like, you know, and we want to cultivate that. You can ask me anything and and we need to be the ones bringing up because they are being discipled by culture. Right. Even if you are the most protective, it is, it is oh, yeah. the, especially uh, the LGBTQ issues we're talking about are now, you know, even growing up for us, it was not pervasive in media. Yes. It is incredibly, oh, yeah. it is present in almost even in, in, you know, in children's episodes, uh, I mean, even in children's shows and even in cartoons. And so we've got to have that conversation. And, and for some, for some period of time, that may mean that we have avoid certain things, but also you can't avoid it forever. So I would say be watching stuff with your kids yeah. and, ha- and even pause and say, Hey, you know, there, let, let's talk about this real quick. Yeah. And or, or after like, well, let, have, have conversations through those things. And, and it's coming to the church. I mean, the Methodist church right now is splitting, you know, the, the, by and large, not the one in our town, you know, is, is splitting because of their views on homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and, and Episcopalian churches went through that. There's, there's traces of this in uh, the SBC, even though mm-hmm. we're far conservative, most people, would go not go to SBC church if they uh, were here. And so it's it certainly believers uh, are wrestling with this or professing believers at least are wrestling with this. So, so even your children are going to be exposed to professing believers. And I would say legit believers who, who differ on this issue. Uh, so if you're not having those conversations, then there's just, not only is there secular culture that's telling them a belief that's counter Bible, but there's, there's Christian culture that's telling them that. And I would say this to you, you know, if you're at a church that, that avoids this issue because they don't want to offend, find a new church, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, <laughs> because, cause, cause our children need to be equipped on how to trust God with this issue. 
Absolutely. So uh, we may have raised more questions than we probably answered did. in this probably episode did. because it is uh, it's complicated. But email Justin those That's questions. That's right. I'll just be glad to respond immediately. I'll <laughs> just kidding. I mean, I will respond, and so will James. His email address, which we don't <laughs> publicize as much, it, no, I won't say it, uh, even though it's on our website. It's so James, James at Church on Bayshore dot org. So uh, yeah, you're usually faster at getting back to that stuff than I am too. So yeah. uh, <laughs> sometimes depends on the day. All right. Right. So uh, that being said, uh, we hope that, uh, you know, if you do have questions, want clarity, uh, you know, ultimately all this boils back down to is we said it before is the gospel. And not only do we have to equip uh, Gen Z, we also have to model for Gen Z what it looks like to engage, uh, to be loving, to uh, to be gracious, to be winsome, and also to stand in the truth confidently, knowing that we rest secure in Jesus, uh, no matter what uh, happens to us, against us. That our our confidence is in who we are in Christ, and that is that's the message of the gospel. We are called as as sons and daughters of of. God most high. Yeah. And just, just, I mean, remember this, you know, because if you're listening to this and you wrestle with these issues, you know, the God loves you. And if you're listening to this and you're experiencing this with your child or somebody else, like just God loves you is what needs to be communicated. The gospel needs to be communicated to salvation because being straight does not save you. That's right. And, you know, going to church doesn't save you and being a part of a good church doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. Mm -hmm. And the gospel has to be the central aspect of our lives and of our message. That is true. Amen. That is that is clear. That is <laughs> and, not muddy. And on that note, we signing off, man. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for this episode. Uh, please join us again next week as we continue talking about Generation Z and some of the obstacles and uh, just hard things that they're going to be facing as a culture. And how do we as a church engage them? Are we starting with technology next week? Uh, you know, I've got a, I think it is. Let's do it. But sure, we'll do it. I can't remember because I didn't look at my notes yet, okay, but that's, that's happening soon. We're going to have a special guest, aren't special we? Special guest. Aren't we going to have so a special guest? That, that's the plan. You're supposed yes. to invite him. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> so we'll okay. make sure that's going to happen and it's going to be great. You don't want to miss out. Yeah, we are talking about technology. He is Gen Z though. Yeah. So yeah. like you can't invite him ahead of time. That's right. We he, have to say, hey, come do this. Okay. Because you can't commit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. I'll keep my options Yeah, open. that's right. That's right. I'll come. Maybe. That's we just definitely isolated maybe. all Gen Z listeners. Oh, they're man. gone now. Now they're rolling their eyes. God, they don't get it. Old. Yeah. They're like, okay, boomer. But we're not boomers. <laughs> I know. We're like two <laughs> generations removed. Come no. on. On that note, thanks for joining us. We hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.